Welcome to Sorry Not Sorry. Um, so today it's going to be a good podcast. So you're going to want to listen up. First, we have a story we want to share with you about Biden possibly banning interstate travel. So there was a report saying that at one point, President Biden was considering domestic travel restrictions between states. Uh, those states, obviously, that they would ban travel from would be states that don't follow what the White House says are appropriate COVID guidelines. So well, reports are now saying that Biden has halted consideration of this because there was such strong backlash about it within his own party. But at one point, uh, a report claimed that the Governor DeSantis was so upset that he told Biden to go F himself. This exchange hasn't been verified, but uh, we're not going to say that it's true because it's not been verified. But it is clear that Governor DeSantis and other governors are very upset about the prospect of President Biden basically telling states that you can't leave your state if your state doesn't follow our COVID guidelines. That is a huge breach of the Constitution and of states' rights. And so here's what DeSantis said in response. Uh, we're going to take a listen. I think it's three minutes long. Type of report about potential 20. It's in, uh, there was some type of report about potential travel restrictions on Americans and on Floridians. Uh, and I just I think it's an absurd report. Uh, that they would be doing that. I think it would be unconstitutional, it would be unwise, and it would be unjust. And if you think about it, restricting the right of Americans to travel freely throughout our country while allowing illegal aliens to pour across the southern border unmolested would be a ridiculous but very damaging farce. So we will oppose it 100%. It would not be based in science. It would purely be a political attack against the people of Florida. And it's unclear why they would even try talking about that. Uh, just look at the COVID situation in the state of Florida. So since December, the last couple months, Florida's per cases per capita compared to the rest of the country, 28. 27 other states higher per capita cases. And for the, for the entire pandemic, it's a similar story. Okay, so I'm not going to play the rest of it because it's just going to be DeSantis going on and on about how his state's doing good uh, and bragging about it because, and he has a right to because his state hasn't really locked down. They haven't uh, issued mask mandates, stay at home orders. Um, they've just been smart about things. Obviously, they live in a climate that's controller, or easier to control the virus. But um, I think the point here is that the fact that the White House thinks that they have so much power that they can place that kind of restriction on states is absurd. It's a power grab, and it sets the stage for the militarization and total and complete dictatorial control of our lives by a communist government in the future, if that's left unchecked. Because I'll tell you how this policy would go, and people are not going to like it. Uh, they're not going to like me saying this, at least, because this policy would cause a bloodbath, folks. Governor DeSantis and others would order their National Guards and state police to protect anyone crossing their borders from federal agents who were, would be trying to enforce Biden's policy. In effect, what you would have is state militaries and law enforcement versus federal law enforcement and the federal military. It would be a civil war. This is why the Biden administration decided not to implement the policy. But the fact that they even considered it is absurd. The fact that somebody came to him and said, you know, we might have the right to send federal agents into states to keep them contained in their states. That, that's absurd. And the founding fathers would have probably hung you back in the day. They would have. I'm not suggesting we hang Biden. No, 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 no. So, so don't get that. I'm just saying, like back in the day, like the founding fathers would have probably had you deported or like you'd have been tried for treason for that. Is what I'm saying. I'm not saying we should do that to Biden. 
where I'm saying that that's how absurd it is, is the fact that some people could view it as treason, trying to basically tell people, you know, you can't leave your state. And, you know, it's those types of power grabs and those types of policies that have uh, pushed states like Texas to possibly uh, to propose leaving the United States multiple times. Obviously, I don't think it's going to pass in Texas, but they proposed it multiple times. So they're clearly upset, you know. Uh, another thing I would point out about this is, you know, DeSantis is being assertive. He's playing to Trump's base and he's trying to stand out as a future Republican candidate. Uh, you know, Trump only ran in 2016 because he felt like he had to, you know. Trump stated multiple times he never wanted to run, but he saw that both parties had no backbone and that the country was going to hell in a handbasket. So he gave everything up in his life and he ran. So, you know, if Trump sees someone like DeSantis run and Trump feels his base and agenda is satisfied, then I think he'll let someone like DeSantis take the reins of the party and run in 2024 and Trump will just endorse them and, you know, just call from fade into the sunset. I feel like the only the only circumstance where I feel like Trump runs in 2024 is if it's all full of rhinos like Nikki Haley and um and Mitt Romney right that's the only circumstance I think that Trump runs other than that I think that DeSantis is going to be a very strong candidate in the future but I think the overall story is that Biden is trying to grab power on this issue yeah when it comes to 2024 of course we'll have more to talk about that in the next couple of weeks but when it comes to the interstate travel uh it's almost like uh, looking at um wanting to control the whole country. You know, Biden is the president. He's controlling everything. But when it comes to interfering with state laws, that's just, that's overbearing and overthinking it. Uh, you know, DeSantis is well known for having a lot of things open and the cases being really well controlled. And DeSantis being a Republican, being a Democrat, they both think that they want to try and argue with each other. DeSantis, I think, in my opinion, is correct because um, we need things to be open. I think that's how things can be controlled. Uh, but when it comes to, um, I think, personally, Biden just wants to control a lot more uh, because I think. I think the state should be in charge of making decisions and what should be open and not. But Biden wants things to be closed because he thinks that's how the cases will be controlled. I don't have a lot of information on it, but I know that this is a big issue. Um, it all hell will break loose if Biden wants to take control of this issue. And um, I think when it comes to DeSantis being upset, he has a right to be upset. You know, DeSantis is doing a great job as governor and Biden wants to take control of that. When it comes to 2024, I think DeSantis is going to be a great option um, as president, maybe vice president. I was talking to Chris a couple minutes before filming, plus potentially DeSantis and Pence uh, as a major candidate. I think Trump more than likely... Uh, we'll see Pence and DeSantis run together. We'll be satisfied, you know, maybe donate to it. But I don't think personally, um, he he will more than likely run up, like Chris said, they're full of not true Republicans. Um, like Mitt Romney voted for him to impeach. We'll talk about that later in a different segment. Uh, Nikki Haley bashed the president, bashed the former president for 
uh, I don't remember what what was that issue, but other Republicans, you know. Uh, yeah, that's my case on it. I think that it's going to be a much bigger issue once it unfolds in the next couple of weeks, and we'll keep you updated on that. Yeah, and, you know, people might be saying, you know, like Kenny said, DeSantis has every right to be upset about it. Like, if you, people listening might be like, well, why would you oppose, you know, a state lockdown, you know? Because we've had so many of these. Like, I don't want to be canceled by some liberals listening to this thinking I'm anti-science or anything. But you guys have been wrong about this virus on every single turn. And the fact that you guys still think you can lecture us about lockdowns and that kind of bullcrap is so absurd, okay? You said last year, lockdown for two weeks to save lives. That did not work. Then it was lockdown for months to save lives. That did not work. Then it was lockdown and shut down all the restaurants, businesses, and schools to save lives. That didn't work. People started committing suicide. Domestic disputes went up. Crime went up. Uh, you know, jobless claims went up. Homelessness went up. The virus was still here. People were still dying. People were still getting cases. We had large case spikes during large lockdowns. It clearly doesn't work because you know why? If you lock down people and uh, if you lock down people in hot climates, guess what happens? They're left inside in the air conditioning all day where the virus can spread easier. Like, you, you people did not think this through on every front. You guys were saying at first you don't need masks, then you said you need a mask. Now you're saying, you know, you need two or three masks. Uh, You guys were saying, oh, you can't open schools, otherwise you're a murderer because all the kids will die. And now you're saying, oh, we can open schools, it's perfectly safe. You guys were saying we can't have restaurants open. You cost hundreds of thousands of jobs. You cost people's livelihoods, people's lives, people's businesses, people's careers. <laughs> And then come to find out now, you're like, oh, we can open restaurants. Data says it's safe. Mm -hmm. You know why data says it's safe? Because you are losing this battle politically and um, physically. Like, uh, people are realizing they're they're fed up. You guys said and people elected Biden to crush the virus. And all he's done is crushed an American worker. People are getting pissed off about it because he said, I'm not going to crush you. I'm going to crush the virus. Meanwhile, he gets in office and all he does is try to take people's rights away, try to attack every working class American he can through regulations, restrictions, ending pipelines, more lockdowns. And then uh, he, he does all of that. And then he says back to the American people, there's nothing I can do to change the trajectory of the virus. I don't have a plan for it. Meanwhile, he said that Trump didn't have a plan. And basically all Biden's done so far in terms of the virus is piggyback off of what Trump's done. Uh, you know, they like you guys are so laughable. You say, oh, we're going to distribute 100 million vaccines in 100 days. That's basically rewording what Trump was doing. Trump was distributing a million vaccines per day, which equivalents to 100 million vaccines over 100 days. Like all you guys have done is rebrand Trump's uh, coronavirus policy as your own since he took since he left office and you're acting like it was your idea all along no it's not and the only reason you switched to it is because you're feeling the heat and so the fact that you guys think you can still lecture us about covid policy the fact that you think you can take our rights one more time with an interstate travel restriction is the stupidest thing ever like i would just wish that liberals would shut the hell up on this issue like it they, they everything that they've said mm -hmm. has been wrong like every state I, I think every state sorry uh no every worries, state no that has had uh, a republican governor that is uh like texas florida and that hasn't locked down that much has done far better than states like michigan where our governors killed hundreds of thousands of people where in new york where they've killed hundreds of thousands of nursing home residents the fact that you guys still think you can lecture us when cuomo is up there in new york receiving an emmy or whatever for killing hundreds of thousands of his own citizens for killing 
uh, tens of thousands of nursing home residents and then lying about it is absurd. Like, just stop. Just let us keep our liberties. Let us keep our rights. Get herd immunity. If you're really concerned about it, get the vaccine. If you're really concerned about it, you can still wear your mask. I'm just tired of it because none of it works. And you guys have lied to us repeatedly. I think when it comes to Michigan specifically, we're from Michigan, of course. Um, I was involved in sports in high school. I think what makes me angry the most is people think that playing sports is going to cause cases. And we have a friend who um, is a Republican turned Democrat. And personally, um, when I see stuff like that happen, I think, well, they just didn't get their way. Um, it's... Well, it's like not we based said, on any like, fact, it's just based in feeling and uh, what yeah. they've been led to believe by people who don't do research and don't think. Yeah, and I think one of the things that um, the Let Us Play, I think that was a great thing because all the states, even Democrat states, were having them play, but yet Governor Whitmer chose to keep sports from happening. Um, you know, luckily we were, were able to play now. Um but I think, like, I took a management course in high and college last semester, and we discussed the mental health issue with this COVID pandemic. People have been getting depressed because they can't see people. People can't, people are depressed because they feel like the pandemic is going to cause them to lose their jobs, lose their livelihood. I mean, I even, I, I mean, I know people are like, oh my gosh, you have, you don't know what COVID's like. I know what COVID's like. I've had to deal with COVID. I've had to deal with someone having to go to the hospital with COVID. It's not fun, but so is not being able to see people. And I think if you are able to do it with social distancing, wearing a mask, then by all means, but that does not mean that you can tell someone how and how not to live their lives, especially in a pandemic that is shown that even masks don't work. Masks may work, I retract that statement, but I think when it comes to masks, they're not as effective as people think. Yeah. And honestly speaking, like uh, what Kenny just said about them not letting people play sports in certain states. Well, guess what? The only reason they've done all this is for the political optics of it, because they know damn well that all these athletes in college and NBA and even high school sports get tested for COVID on the regular, that they have restrictions that they have to wear masks on the sidelines and all this. If masks really work, then players wearing masks while they play, well, that, that should protect them completely, right? Oh, wait, I forgot masks don't work. I'll say that. I'll say I don't care if I get canceled. Masks don't really work, okay? Unless you have a medical-grade mask. I'm, I'm Some masks might work, okay? Like a medical-grade mask, for instance, might work. But your stupid little cloth mask that says live, laugh, love on it, that shit does not work, okay? That's just placebo. Mm -hmm. That's meant to make you feel like you're safe. You're not. Like... The only way you're going to be safe from this virus ultimately is by catching it and by by beating it or by getting the vaccine. That's it. Hiding in your house is not going to do anything but weaken your own immune system. Like, I'm not a medical professional, but that's just using common sense. But back to the point, the reason that the governors are restricting sports, even though they know damn well that the sports take all the precautions in the world to protect the athletes, that they won't play with crowds in the stands or any of that, is for the optics of it. So they can say, look at us, we're all high and mighty, we are taking all the precautions we can, and 
look at those people letting their athletes play how despicable and it's the thing that the democrats do all the time is they talk down to people like they're morally superior when all they're doing is ruining people's lives like you only get one life do you only, so you should decide how you live it as long as you're not harming anyone else um as long as you're not uh, breaking the law as long as you are being a decent human being you should get to decide how you live your life the fact that they think that uh, they can tell you who and who not to see wh what business you can and cannot go to if you can or cannot play sports is probably the most absurd thing ever. And if you word it like that, it makes it sound an awful lot like communism, doesn't it? Because it is. It's veiled communism. It's an aspect of communism. It's not complete communism because that involves multiple aspects, economy, all like multiple aspects of control. But it's an aspect of communism, making people believe something so they accept power and they accept government's control over their lives. That, that's what it's about. It's, ma it's about making people believe that the government has the moral imperative to do this stuff to you. And if they can believe that, then they can do that on various other issues that they want to do it on. Uh, so we'll leave the Sounds COVID topic right. there. And we're going to move on to uh, Newsom and Cuomo. I'm going to talk more about Cuomo because I don't know so much about the Newsom effort. Uh, Kenny knows a lot about that. And uh, But, you know, Governor Cuomo is in huge trouble. Like, you remember how he was awarded an Emmy? weeks ago was awarded an emmy for um his handling of covid right um well he's right now facing probably an indictment charge um because uh he basically obstructed justice governor cuomo hid uh, nursing home deaths from um from the media and from the federal government and he his aide admitted it uh new york democrat state senator said Cohen, Cuomo cho knowingly chose to lie about nursing home, and apparently he did so because he was worried about Trump. He chose to hide the nursing home deaths from Trump because what Cuomo did is he ordered COVID-positive nursing home patients to be put in uh, nursing homes with the rest of people, and it caused other nursing home uh, residents who did not have COVID to get COVID and die from it. So basically, he killed old people in cold blood is what we're saying. He's a murderer is pretty much what I'm saying. And he hid those statistics from Trump and from the federal government because he knew he would be caught in it. And now he's being investigated and is probably going to be indicted over it. And I think the bigger scandal is that CNN refuses to report on it because they have Chris Cuomo as an anchor who has repeatedly had his brother on his show but never asked him about it, even though he probably knew that his brother was covering these statistics up. I think that's shameful. I think Chris Cuomo should be immediately fired off of CNN. They should release a public apology and they should cover this story like real journalists. Okay? The fact that he's a democrat should have nothing to do with you covering the story or not the fact that he's the brother of one of your anchors should have nothing to do with you covering the story or not you should be a journalist put on your big boy pants and cover the freaking story like a real journalist would otherwise don't say you're the most trusted name in news because i'm gonna laugh at you and i'm gonna stomp on your logo because that's that's just laughable to me that you would say you're the most trusted name in news and then lie to your audience about quomo <laughs> That makes no sense whatsoever. So the media continually to cover for Democrats, but yet demonizing Ron DeSantis based on his words is so stupid. And people are starting to see the double standard. They're starting to see, hey, these Republican states are reopening. They're eating. They're 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 going outside. They're breathing air. They're 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 living their lives. They're not wearing a mask everywhere, and they're, they're still living. Wow. Well, we are left in our states with our governors killing nursing home patients with our governors killing our businesses and we have nothing to show for it but more cases and more deaths and suicide rates going up among our children like 
Governor Cuomo will, well, he should end up in prison, but he probably won't because Joe Biden's the president and our justice system is totally corrupt now, just like it was four years ago prior to Trump arriving in office. Yeah, so um, I, like I, like I said, I don't have a lot on Cuomo. Uh, Newsom, I discussed a couple months ago when we first started the podcast. Wait, a couple of months ago, man, I f- it gets it feels like we've done this a while. A month ago, when we discussed uh, Gavin Newsom, governor of California, and the recall efforts. I know Tucker Carlson, Sean Hannity talked about this a month ago. Said it really was not going to get anywhere because um, California is a fully democratic. Last time they did a recall, Arnold Schwarzenegger was in the office um so an effort was launched on june 10th 2020 uh the people who are recalling say that he mishandled the coronavirus pandemic didn't do enough to address the homelessness state in the in the not the country sorry in the state and supported sanctuary cities policies and water rationing well i know um, that um sorry to add to just something no worries no worries no worries is that uh is that they're also mad because remember when Cuomo initially put the dine-in ban and then the next night he was seen dining yep. in and yep. uh, he had people around him with no mask on. They saw that hypocrisy too. Yeah, he had a dine-in ban. This was before uh, Biden was inaugurated. Um, said, you know, you can't go out to eat with family. A couple nights later, bam, you see a picture of him on news not wearing a mask, you know, socializing, having a nice dinner with some friends. Yeah, that's just crazy. Um, several individuals have announced campaigns. Uh, among those are former San Diego Mayor Kevin Faulkner, who's a Republican, uh, 2018 Governor candidate John Cox, and former State Senator John Morlack. Um, when it comes to when it comes to the recall, um, it really depends on how it goes this recall effort has collected more than 1.5 million signatures um this they um this was updated on june february 14th organizers for recall gavin 2020 said friday they have surpassed the 1.5 million signatures required to place the proposal on this year's ballot the signatures need to be verified of course um, news, um, Newsom's so recall effort. Is that, saying, is that saying basically that when they hold the local so, uh, elections in California yeah, this month, that, that um, they're going to be putting him on the ballot to recall him? Um, more than likely, according to uh, News San Diego 10, the um, signatures still need to be verified. However, once verified and approved, the recall election will occur sometime over the summer. Oh, so yeah. So, um, so he's basically going to be running against somebody. Uh, yeah, more than more than likely, it'll be like Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know, he had a for uh, Schwarzenegger was the Republican, and they voted for Schwarzenegger over. Uh, I they don't that remember who Richard Grinnell. Uh, he was a member of the Trump administration. He was the first openly gay cabinet member, not Buttigieg. Mm-hmm. Um, he, they said that he's going to probably run against uh, Newsom in the recall. Which I think, as an LGBT, I think that's not me personally, LGBT, but I think LGBT is huge in California. So I could get a lot of votes on people who, uh, like Chris and I mentioned, 
the cons- like the conservative vote, as well as those who voted for Biden who regret the vote, that could go towards um, uh, Graylick, um, Graylick, right? Like you mentioned. Um, so the main reason um, the recall interest is higher is because of the dining, but um, it's been gaining momentum because with more Californians upset over the health orders that have closed school campuses and businesses. Um, I personally think that the reason why a lot of Democrats want to join in is because he's been reopening. You know, most states think, oh my gosh, they're going to close. They're going to be fine. No, California has been reopening. They've been, I'm going to assume decent. You haven't heard in, the news that oh my gosh there's another surge in california cases so looks like the reopening has worked um when it comes to the recall effort um so according to fox news it reaches enough signatures to potentially trigger a special election like i mentioned um the state secretary of state's office will need to process and determine if they're valid the senior advisor for the recall governor, um, Newsom 2020, told Fox News on Saturday they've received 1, 000, no, 1,509,000 votes, uh, signatures. Organizers expect that they will have 1.6 million today. Um, they are aiming for two due to the verification process. Um, last time they did this, there was a 25% disqualification rate. They're not there yet, but they want to celebrate the milestone. Their job isn't done yet, of course. They're working as hard as today as they were yesterday. Economy told Fox News. Um, the lead proponent, Orrin Heatley, said he is confident in the re- work recall. Um, the recall work has been done, but don't want to be complacent. Um, I think this is going to be a big thing that we will discuss in the next couple of um, weeks. I think, honestly, in my opinion, Newsom, um, more than likely, I think he has true potential. Um, but I think more than likely, it, if it's personally, if they recall and they and they put a Republican in, which I've not, I don't know the odds, but they're pretty low. I think it'd just be a one term and then they figure out a new Democrat to have run because like I said, I've seen a lot of political um, presidential elections. Those are always, you know, as soon as California closes, bam, you know, Fox News has predicted a Democrat will win uh, California. It's a it's a Democratic state. It used to be a Republican state with uh, Ronald Reagan, uh, Schwarzenegger, all those kind of people. And now it's a Democratic state with uh, Feinstein used to be Kamala, uh, and now Newsom. Um, I will, of course, have more information. Um, hopefully, there's more information if we do an update next week. Um, if if there's a big enough update next week, of course we'll do it. But... I think we should do weekly updates on these Democrat governors. We should we should of course we shouldn't let them uh, skate with it. And I think personally, a big thing we are going to look at is Whitmer. I know. I don't know how big it is. I'll do more yeah, we research. We should start a recall campaign against her. I think we should too. I mean, honestly, I think she's done way too much to ruin our Violating state. the constitution. Um, I think personally, um, 
I don't I know there's a couple Republican governor candidates. Um, of course, I'll vote for one of them. Um, hopefully, it's more successful than I think. Personally, the biggest reason why Republicans didn't win in 2018 was because of what happened to Snyder. Yeah. Um, person, I know this he is went a to difference. Jail or he didn't go to jail. Snyder got indicted, though. He got indicted for what happened with the Flint water crisis. Um, I and he endorsed Biden, by the way. Yeah. I, he it, it it's definitely disappointing because I've now I campaigned for him in 2014 for re-election efforts and um it's disappointing to see when Republicans nominate someone who is like complete out of control um when it comes to that kind of thing. Uh next topic is a big one, one that happened yesterday. Well, first, um, I wanted to uh, add something to that. Okay. Just reading a report on uh, in regards to Newsom and Cuomo is that Democrats, uh, senators in each state are considering legislation, not enough of them to make it any valid, but it's, it's uh, normally Democrats, you know, they stay in line. They don't question the people in power of their mm-hmm. party. So I think it's significant. 14 Democrat senators in New York have uh, proposed legislation that would strip Governor Cuomo of his emergency powers. And um, th- and in th- uh, California, a few of them are supporting that as well, in addition to the recall. Um, and I, I think, think Michigan did that, right? They did Michigan to, do that? They tried to, uh, but uh, uh, she refused. And she, the Supreme Court uh, struck that down and said she couldn't refuse, but she still has. And she's still using her emergency powers wrong. Which, by the way, we've been telling Democrats all along that this is an abuse of power with what governors have been doing with executive orders conservatives have been saying this forever that that Demo- what democrat governors are doing with their executive orders is an abuse of power and they didn't agree but now it's coming to bite them in the ass and they're suddenly saying oh it's an abuse of power well we've been telling you that all along um yeah and uh, the thing with new york is that uh janice dean by the way probably the most reliable person in terms of reporting on cuomo uh, she's a Fox News uh, reporter, but she has a personal stake in this because I think one of her loved ones died in a nursing home. Her, I think her grand, I think her father and mother. I do believe. I'm gonna do more yeah. research and confirm. That, I know that a loved one of hers did, and then uh, she's been a lead reporter on this. Nobody's disputed any of her reporting. Not even people on other networks. Uh, networks have widely actually reported on her, her reporting. She says. Uh, this is a bombshell. We were just told that over 6,000 patients. Uh, so records show more than 9,000 recovering coronavirus patients in New York were released from hospitals into nursing homes. So they were told 6,000 a few days ago. And now they're finding out the number is larger than that. So they're finding out 9,000 people who were COVID positive were released from hospitals back into nursing homes. Uh, and then... Uh, the num- she says the numbers are skyrocketing, not only in terms of infected patients, but the total number of seniors that died is now over 15,000, which is 65% higher than Cuomo has told us. So, All right, Chris. That's thousands more. Hmm. Um, so according to White Plains Daily Voice, TV meteorologist Janice Dean, the person we mentioned, who lost both of her in-laws to COVID-19, may run against Cuomo in 2022 if he is not indicted so i know that she's widely like people hate her some democrats hate her just because she's dug up dirt on cuomo and they don't like her for that but now i think that she would be bipartisan i think she could i don't even know her political views honestly i don't know if she's a republican like she could run on the, as a democrat and probably beat him 
Um, yeah, Megan Kelly mentioned uh, someone who has definitely turned um, when in 2016. Uh, she's big supporter of the former president, in my personal opinion. Uh, she mentioned, unlike the poser, Governor, she really is, in all caps, New York tough, whip smart, and we can trust her. She's got my vote. Yeah, I know that Janice Dean and uh, Megan Kelly are best friends. Um, and Megan Kelly's uh, Megan Kelly and her are close, and Megan Kelly like flies out to see her whenever she's doing rough and stuff like that. Um, but the point is that uh, these Democrat governors are abusing their power, and that the numbers are higher than we thought they were with Cuomo, and Newsom's abuse of power was more than we thought it was, and both of them are going to receive repercussions. Cuomo's going to probably receive legal repercussions and probably political. Mm -hmm. He's never probably going to pull political office again. He's going to have his whole legacy destroyed and tattered. And Newsom might, uh, he's at least going to have the stain of having a recall election on his uh, legacy, if even if he wins his recall election. Um, I think when it comes to California, however, um, both are huge Democratic states, like I mentioned. So it's, it's going to be a toss up with how many Democrats are going to be dismayed and um, disapproved by how Newsom and Cuomo did this because like, I, I think I checked both elections and both won by like over 60%. So it's going to be a tough recall election in my opinion. Yeah. And um, moving on uh, to what we were, Kenny was alluding to earlier. Um, yeah. The impeachment vote happened yesterday, which is why we waited to record the podcast until today, because we were going to waiting to see how the impeachment vote would turn out. The Senate acquitted Trump forty-seven to uh, fifty-seven to forty-three, I believe. Um, yeah, that's and right. my takeaways from this is the Democrats had a huge failure. The articles were poorly and rapidly constructed in the House of Representatives. They were they were terribly written. They were too specific and poorly prosecuted by the house managers. The house managers purely played on emotion and not facts. Um, the Democrats, they were caught doctoring evidence by Michael Vanderveen. He, he caught them doctoring dates on tweets, check mark, verified check marks on tweets that they were showing as evidence. He caught them doctoring evidence, which immediately discredited a large portion of the Democrats case. And then the Democrats did not make a valid argument on constitutionality. You saw Mitch McConnell who basically said Trump is guilty vote to acquit Trump because he said the Democrats could not make a case as to why this is constitutional. They realized their failures, of course, the Democrats did. They, they realized at the end of the trial yesterday morning, I was watching on Newsmax, uh, that, oh, we failed big time. And they made a last-ditch effort to call witnesses despite agreeing not to. And everybody was in upheaval because that would have meant this trial had been dragged out for weeks. COVID relief would have never happened. Uh, Biden was already pissed enough that they were doing this trial instead of passing his COVID relief package. Um, and uh, Biden uh, was furious. And once Republicans threatened to call Pelosi, like the Republicans threatened to call Pelosi and uh, the FBI's witnesses. And once once they threatened that, and once Ted Cruz presented a list of witnesses, once Michael Vanderveen showed them a list of 301 witnesses that he was going to call, immediately Democrats were like, oh, let's wrap this up. Let's have the final vote. And <laughs> so what do they have to hide? Uh, who knows? You know, uh, I'm not going to be a conspiracy theorist about this, but I think that Democrats for sure were negligent. I think that in, uh, they were partially responsible for the riots based on their language of not acknowledging the plight of people uh, claiming th that they were disenfranchised in the election despite saying that the election was fraudulent in 2016. And I think that despite 
being warned multiple times by the FBI to increase Capitol Police presence and deploy the National Guard. And Democrat mayor of D.C. and Democrats in Congress repeatedly refused to increase the number of Capitol Police and National Guard. I think that's a huge stain on them. And I think that they're partially responsible for those riots because uh, Congress is responsible for the Capitol Police. So if the FBI writes a letter to them, which they did, saying you're going to have this riot and it's going to get ugly on January 6th and you might need to increase Capitol Police, which they, they wrote that letter. Uh, and Democrats refused to do anything about it, knowing that this is going to be great for us politically. And they're, they're as responsible for the seven people that died on January 6th as anyone else. And uh, I think that's important to note. And I think that's why that they were so uh, quick to say, oh, no, we, we don't want to call witnesses. You're going to call Nancy and us as witnesses? Nope. Uh, because they knew if they call witnesses, it's going to bolster Trump's case even more because Trump's chief of staff, Mark Meadows, said that he has proof or that he will testify under oath that Trump offered the National Guard two days in advance and Democrats refused. And uh, there was going to be people testifying in Trump's favor saying that he was so concerned about it, etc. And basically the only witness that Democrats would have had in their favor would have been Mike Pence who could have said, well, Trump didn't call to see if I was okay, he refused the National Guard. Uh, there had been a lot of conflicting um, there it was just been a conflict on either side, and I think Trump's case would have been bolstered. Um, but you know the Democrats they made a huge mistake in this trial, in my opinion. They, they instead of arguing, they could have argued that Trump neglected his duties as president to the Constitution and to the election system by refusing to take action, and uh, not only his words but his actions after the election incited violence. They could have argued that. I don't think it would have one ultimately either but it would have been a better case and it would have persuaded a few more senators in my opinion but their argument was solely that trump's words incited violence their argument solely was his words on january 6th and immediately following incited violence that was their argument and once they did that they played into trump's attorney's hands because trump's uh trump's attorney immediately pulled out vanderveen immediately pulled out Dozens of minutes of Democrats using insightful language and called called that out and said, "Well, should you be should you be impeached for that?" He pulled out the House managers, uh, Jamie, Jamie Raskin. He pulled pulled out a clip of him using the words "fight, uh, fight and fight like hell," and I I think that uh, that was funny. So basically, Democrats were exposed to being hypocrites on the issue. Kamala Harris, someone just dug up a clip of her on Ellen, basically saying she would kill Mike Pence and uh, Trump. Uh, nobody's calling for her to be impeached yet, despite her bailing out violent summer rioters and basically saying she would kill Trump and Pence. Nobody is calling for her to be impeached for that. So maybe that's something Republicans can get on right away when they take uh, the House in 2022. Um, I just think that this trial was a complete sham, and I think it just hurt America even more. It divided us even more. Like Biden was calling for unity, and I think this has just divided us even more. I think that uh, nobody benefited from it. Like, not even the Democrats did politically. I think Trump's going to be more popular than ever now. Like, they, they messed up huge. Yeah, I think when it comes to the impeachment, um, I know Chris and I talked about this a lot. We talk almost every single day. Um, we think that this is ve this was very divisive. This, would, this was divisive towards Republicans. This was divisive towards Democrats. Um, I know... My favorite, my one of my favorite senators, Lindsey Graham, said on Tucker and Hannity, "This is going to divide our country." Rand Paul said this was going to divide our country. Um, like Lindsey Graham said, and I have his tweet up here. There is no doubt that January sixth was one of the saddest days in American history. It will be part of Trump's term in office. 
This was an impeachment effort driven by passion and hatred toward President Trump and their drive to convict former President Trump. The House managers totally ignored bedrock legal standards, no hearings in the representative in the House of Representatives, no witnesses, no testimony. And the outrageous claim that the First Amendment does not apply to political speech, due process at even the most basic level could have avoided this debacle. Instead, the case presented to the Senate by the House managers was based on heresy after heresy combined with media reports. The charge against former President Trump for inciting violence was contrary to the evidence. And using the standard of incitement the House managers proposed, many politicians could find themselves on the wrong side of impeachments in the future. It was never the goal of the House to find out what happened on January 6th and then assign blame. They were assigning complete and total blame to President Trump regardless. For the good of our country, I hope this will be the last impeachment where a president is impeached without a lawyer, without witnesses, and a trial record is built on heresy upon heresy. I fear that if this model is followed in the future, impeachment to disqualify one from holding office based on partisan hatred will become the norm. I hope I will be proven wrong. The I hope it will be proven wrong, but it seems the impeachment based on partisan differences seem to be the, becoming the norm, not the exception. I know, um, I think it was Graham that mentioned that um, this just brought our entire country apart. Um, I got into another one of those Facebook fights a couple like by yesterday saying, How can I be proud? Of something President Trump did. Trump Trump didn't do it. He was, I think, definitely um he made mistakes in his term, yes, but he didn't inflict the violence. He didn't insurrect the violence. He didn't cause the violence. There's many terms I, I watch Hannity every now and then. And Hannity said that he had witnesses who inflicted violence. You know, Kamala, uh, Maxine Waters. All those kind of people um, wanting to inflict violence on people. Um, I think Maxine Waters mentioned if you see someone in Trump's cabinet and you know encounter them, seriously, she when said, have we ever? She said you create a crowd and you push back on them and you tell them yeah. they're not welcome here or anywhere. I mean, when when have we ever said that with Carter, um, with Clinton, with? I'm going to push it back on presidents. But when have we ever said that towards even Bush? While we just, well, I don't think I've ever disagreed with Bush, but when? I mean, I think personally, the main reason why a lot of Democrats don't like Trump is because he's not a politician. That's still my theory. Because A, he changed Washington, D.C., he helped make sure that people cared about this country. America First is not. A bad thing people think oh my gosh it's a horrible thing no it's not um i mean i'm proud of everything trump did in his presidency i don't think he instructed violence and i think that definitely this impeachment was a very divisive thing um i think personally when it comes to the impeachment like um lindsey graham said if we take the house in 2020 Two, I think that's what he mentioned. We have we could easily impeach Kamala Harris for what she said to inflict violence, and we have actual uh, witnesses and actual 
testimony that states that she inflicted violence. I don't know how easy it is to impeach a vice president. I mean, that's definitely going to be an interesting one. Um, I think Lindsey Graham is going to be very good at it. Um, I know I'm very biased towards Graham, but I think he's a very good um, senator. I think he's a really good senator because he is one of those people um, who are looking forward to the future because we, I see a little, not, not too much sun in the, in the clouds, but um, I mean, I have a lot to discuss with our last segment we have two more segments, but um, yeah, we have two more segments, but that's pretty much how I feel. That's pretty much all the um, thing I have to discuss for this segment, but yeah. And you know, and it's just not been a good week for Democrats and for the media. Like, with everything that's been happening, Trump, Trump's like one. He's he's two and zero against Democrats. The recall efforts, Cuomo, everything that's been happening in the last week has just not been good for them. And you know, the media, liberal media, is not good for them either. CNN. Uh, we're moving on to that. CNN. Uh, CEO Zucker is resigning from uh from CNN out. Not, uh, not Fox. He's resigning from CNN. <laughs> CNN. Uh, and uh, you know, he, at the end of twenty twenty one, he says he's going to step down. You know, AT and T's reportedly wanted to unload CNN. Uh, because they see it's just like a disaster waiting to happen, and they weren't wrong. Uh, immediately the week after Trump left office, CNN's ratings fell forty four percent, and that's a lot of money lost. And um. CNN is not going to be able to make money anymore until Trump comes back into the public sphere, pretty much. And uh, so news media is going to be being punished for their bias. And um, and so the future of CNN is uncertain because what happens when they sell? Uh, are they going to be bought by someone who's even more liberal? Or are they going to be bought by someone who's going to clean house and restore decency to CNN? Uh, that's Basically, their future hangs in a balance. It's a 50-50. Whoever buys CNN... Or whoever takes control of CNN uh, after Zucker steps down is going to decide whether that company lives or dies. That's pretty much it. Are they just going to say, fuck it, we're going to die, and we're just going to go on a crusade to destroy every conservative in the world? Or are they going to say, you know, we should uphold some journalistic standards here and start firing people like Chris Cuomo and Don Lemon? Um, So I think that's interesting. Uh, That'll be interesting to watch. Um, And I think it's worth noting because, uh, you know, they always talk about canceling conservatives. But here you have CNN canceling itself, practically. <laughs> and um, I just think that corporate, uh, that like television and cable news is gonna, it's just going to die off. Um, Fox News is not making good decisions either. They're firing Lou Dobbs. Uh, they did fire Lou Dobbs. They're being sued for like a multi-billion dollar defamation suit. Um, you know, the news media is not trusted anymore. I think there was a poll saying that they're as distrusted as the United States Congress is. And, you know, they always were snakes. They always, don't get me, don't get this twisted, folks. Like, there was a point in time where news media was generally trustable. Um, but in the age of information, where information gets dispersed so quickly, where it's better to be first than be accurate, um, the news media has crumbled. And they've lost public trust. And Trump was just the first person to come along and expose it and say, hey, you know, they're always biased. They're fake. They're releasing these false reports. Why don't Republicans stand up and get some backbone and dispute it? 
used to be, all it used to be is that Democrats used to beat the living crap out of Republicans, used to say, you want to throw grandmas off of cliffs, uh, famous lines like that, you're evil, bigots, racist, and Republicans used to just sit back and take it and be like, oh, yeah, we, we just need to improve, folks, uh, and they used to just take the virtue signal and be like, we're, we're bad, we, we apologize, no, Trump said, fuck that, uh, they're biased. They're terrible people. They're reporting falsely and fakely on you. Why don't you dispute this? Why don't you stand up and expose it? And he used the term fake news, which stuck. Obviously, it had some implications in um, fault, Trump being able to say whatever story he didn't like was fake, which I don't necessarily agree with. There were some stories that the news reported on Trump that were negative, but that were true. But I think the overall point is that Trump exposed how biased the news was and how people don't trust the news and they're not watching it anymore because CNN's viewers have no reason to watch CNN anymore because they can't turn down and be like, oh, you know, what did Trump do this time? And that was the only reason I used to watch is to watch people hate Trump. And now that Trump's gone uh, and they're realizing, oh, they're having to report on what Biden's, they're reporting, what Biden's doing, well, reporting positively about our candidate is not getting us to watch. And so CNN's viewers are like, well, everything's right with the world now. We don't have a reason to watch you. And you know, Fox's ratings are kind of plummeting a little bit because they were biased against Trump. Uh, after the election and their viewers left and because uh, a bunch of people within Trump circle and Trump himself slammed Fox News uh, which I don't necessarily agree with um, and um, so Fox is plummeting so I think you're seeing the death of cable you're seeing the death of news honestly all the news is going to be in the future is basically a few articles here and there on Twitter and Facebook that get shared information that gets dispersed to the public but then you're left to decide if it's true or false like, I think that the days of turning on the TV at 8 p.m. every night and watching your news anchor report the news are gone because at 8 p.m. every night, there's no news anchors on anymore. It's all opinion-based hacks like Anderson Cooper and Tucker Carlson and stupid racial mad-out, brainless chick, whatever. Like, that's all it is anymore. And so people don't feel like they're getting information from their news anymore. And I think that's missing. Is that reason... Critical thinking and facts are missing from our news now, and all of this is hysteria and platitudes and opinionated commentary. People don't want to hear it anymore, and they're, they're tired of it. They don't trust them. When they listen to the news talk, all they hear is a politician now, and that's dangerous. I think one of the things, and, I, and it's, it's weird, all my uh, interests are, I think, one of the things. Um, when it comes to the news, I don't even watch the news that much anymore. I only watch... Um, I'm going to sound like a true Republican. I only watch Hannity, Tucker, and sometimes uh, Laura Ingram. Um, but I remember a time oh, oh when I used to watch NBC, CNN. It's weird. I'm now a Republican and I used to listen to them. But that was when they had Matt Lauer. They had uh, Meredith Vieira. All those people who I didn't really know much about politics. Um, I switched to Fox News when I was in high school. And I think one of the things that is interesting is that I never watched, I think I watched CNN a couple times I had the app. But um, other than that, I think it's just interesting how a lot of the media has changed. You know, we don't trust the media that much. Um, I know Newsmax is an up and coming one. A lot more people are covering them. Uh, we just switched over to AT&T TV. They have Newsmax. I'm going to start watching that a little bit more just to see what it's like. Uh, Newsmax I, um, during the day, like from like 9 a.m. till like 
5 p.m. It's actually pretty fact-based. Like, they were just showing the hearings. Like, it was. it's kind of like watching C-SPAN during the day. Um, but once it hits, like, 6 or 7, um, they get to bias commentary, like, uh, pro-Republican. Interesting. Interesting. Because I know a lot of, um, like, in, like, I know, um, I'm going to mention my hometown, Portland. I know a lot of people who mentioned Tucker Carlson. Uh, because he's under fire. Uh, he gave a monologue. Really? Other, did you see his show the other night where he was giving a monologue uh, against the people trying to cancel him? His show was no, under fire. I'm... They were trying to cancel him. Uh, just for random stuff. That. They were saying that he's you know a traitor and that since Trump's no longer under fire, uh, they're going after Tucker and saying that he incited some of the Capitol riots with his reporting on the elections and stuff. And they're Man, saying a bunch of BS to, about you know him spreading falsehoods and lies, and they're trying to pull his sponsors. And he basically gave a monologue the other night that said "fuck you" pretty much. Uh, yeah, just, I, just basically short explaining it. He didn't use those words, obviously, but yeah, yeah, of course. I think when it comes to Tucker, though, I, mean, I remember talking with Chris bef- um, after Trump uh, left office that he could be a potential twenty twenty four. Right now, I think I know Chris Niagara. I think he'd no. be a good press secretary because yeah. he knows how to talk. He knows how to talk to the press. Um, I know when I was yeah, discussing him as a potential out. VP or even president. Um, I was talking with some of my hometown friends who said, Tucker's too cynical. Well, I mean, honestly, I think we need more cynical. Uh, I think that's what we discussed, right, Chris? Cynical? Yeah, what does cynical mean? Uh, <laughs> I honestly don't know what it means. Uh, uh, cynical means believing that people are motivated by self-interest. Oh, yeah, um, I think we need more of it. Yeah, uh, characterized it's just, it's by just general... skepticism, right? Yeah, it's just synonyms. Yeah, it's just I think you're right. We need more people to be skeptical of power and skeptical of the government yeah, and skeptical I... of what our elected officials are doing because they're clearly trying to get away with stuff. I know. I was joking around with Chris. I'm like, what about Sean Hannity? And he gave me like, I I, I mean, we were texting on Facebook, but I remember I was he was like, I bet he was giving me a glare because I was like, because Shane. <laughs> Because Hannity is definitely more, um, uh, not I was not gonna he's say not, more. That's fact based. He's more. He's not really fact based, but he's he's definitely a good uh, commentator. But I think um, Tucker would be a better idea because he he knows you know not to believe all the crap about um, like not to give in easily and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, the next segment. Oh yeah, speaking of Tucker Carlson. Uh, to add to your point, the Washington Post wrote an article two days ago that's titled, In Office, Trump Was the Greatest Threat to Democracy. Now it might be Tucker Carlson. Oh, man. That, <laughs> that is interesting. Um, I know. Oh, my God. These stupid bastards. Man. They never stop. Uh, I'm actually starting to read a book that Tucker read. It's called Ship of Fools. I've never heard of it until now. It's actually a it's, it has like a comic book look to it because it's ha- it has uh, I'm gonna try and um, but I think that it's a, it's a good it has Maxine Waters you know Nancy Pelosi Zuckerberg Bezos Clinton I think Mitch McConnell but yeah Aaron, um, also he's under last... fire um, so Tucker's under fire for saying that George Floyd almost quote almost certainly died from a drug overdose. 
um, which is kind of true, by the way. Um, you know, the autopsy report just said that George Floyd had lethal amounts of fentanyl in his system that if he didn't die, uh, if he wasn't murdered, he was going to die anyway. Um, and he, I don't, I believe that the cop was a terrible piece of shit and that he should be charged for excessive use of force, but I, it's just very hard for them to prove that he intended to murder George Floyd. Um, of course. Of course. I, I, and um, I think that almost certainly leaves a little wiggle room for him, at number one. Number two, yeah. uh, he was OD'd on drugs, so that's a factual statement. Uh, number four, the autopsy said that he showed no signs of, like, um, like no damage near where there was no signs of damage by where the officer knelt on his neck as terrible as that act was the officer is a piece of shit i'm not disputing any of that mm-hmm. i agree no. actually that black lives matter um but i'm saying that that's not necessarily not a factual statement uh because the the autopsy report said that he was od'd number one number two they said that there was no signs of damage on his neck or near uh his lungs where the office from like being knelt on so he probably died because he was od'd on drugs and all the stress from the situation the situation the officer contributed to it likely um by causing him stress and discomfort and maybe um making it a little more difficult for him to breathe so i'm not going to say mm-hmm. the office is not partly liable i think the officer should go to jail yeah. nothing for excessive use of force at the minimum but um i'm saying that Canceling someone for a fact for just reading what an autopsy report says is the stupidest shit I've ever heard. Yeah, and I think um, one thing that we have um, looking forward to is potentially normal news, you know, less less politics, more, you know, uh, yeah, I don't even think we're gonna have normal news in the next cut. Next couple of years. Um, the age of normal news is gone, and we're never going to return to normal news. Yeah. Yeah. Sadly. Our uh, next topic, um, any other any other stuff that we feel like is brand new, like on our, like hot on the presses, I know I'm on Twitter at the moment, and it looks like according to what's trending, Republican Senator Lindsey Graham tells Fox News that the impeachment trial has increased the chances of President, former President Trump's daughter-in-law, Laura Trump, joining the Senate. Isn't that because um, a North Carolina senator voted to convict Trump and Laura Trump's going to primary him, I believe? Um, it's, it says... Um, uh, yeah, Richard Burr. Uh, Richard Burr, senator from yep, North Burr, Carolina. He uh, said, my friend, Lindsey Graham said, my friend Richard Burr just made Laura Trump almost certain the nominee for Senate North Carolina to replace him if she runs. Which I think is potential. Um, I know he also mentioned that Mitch McConnell will be center stage after his speech um, against President Trump. I thought that was just pure interesting. <laughs> Uh, he voted to acquit him, which I think was a good idea, and then said he was he was guilty. Like we need a new m- minority leader. I think, in my opinion, I know Chris and I spoke about that. Uh, Rand Paul is an option. Um, Ted Cruz, if Ted Cruz doesn't run for president, of course. Um, but yeah. Um... 
it's just I think that politics are entering a weird time where you're gonna see one mm-hmm. side. You're gonna see what you're gonna see. I'm just like what you're gonna see over the next few months and years is Democrats preaching unity and preaching bringing the country together. But I don't want you to listen to a damn word they say. I want you to watch what they do because what they've done so far is divide the country even more. When they speak unity, don't just say hey. Clap, clap. That's great, man. Like, props to you. We'll vote for you. No. Look what they're doing with their actions. Like, the gas prices actions are already up 20%. Exactly. Like, Trump always said a lot of stupid shit, but his actions showed that he cared about America and that he cared about people that the media claimed he didn't care about, like African Americans. Like, uh, the gas prices are up 20% since the election. Biden's policy, we talked about it last week. I'm not going to go through, like, all 40 executive orders again. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But his policy so far has showed that he doesn't give a crap about unity. He'll say it for political expediency to get the press off his back and to look like he has the moral high ground because all Democrats care about is optics. But he won't actually do anything to unify the country. He just He's just dividing us even more. So over the next few years, when they say unity, ask what they're doing to purport unity. Yeah, I know President Trump last night. Um, when he spoke to, when Lindsey Graham spoke to him last night, he added that the former president is excited to build up the GOP and get out on the trail in 2022 to hopefully flip the House and the Senate. So I'm excited about that. Um, I think that'll bring a lot of um, calmness, even with President Biden and everyone else. Yeah, uh, I think that's a good place to leave it. If you agree. oh yeah, definitely. That's an hour long. That's good. Um, we will see you guys next week, or actually this week now because yep. it's Sunday, start of the new week. Yeah. Um, we will see you guys next week. And well, um, this week, this week. Follow us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get it. Uh, follow us on uh Twitter. Sorry, not sorry. Follow us on Facebook. Sorry, not sorry. We will see you when we see you. Thanks for listening.